Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Call Talk for Wednesday, November 11th. Our topic today is unlocking the mysteries of email, me- email metrics, what are best practice standards. During the call, we invite you to ask questions via email at calltalk at benchmarkportal.com or call in to your host to ask questions and interact with the show. The number to call in is 347-857-3117. Everyone who asks a question, email, or phone on the show will receive a free copy of Bruce's book, Benchmarking at its Best, and one person will be chosen at random to win an in-depth reality check benchmark report value of $1,500. And now I'd like to introduce the host of Call Talk, Bruce Belfiore. Thanks very much, Sean. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Call Talk. Our listeners chose today's topic during the last Call Talk, so we will be unlocking the mysteries of email metrics, what are the best practices standards. And um, just a question, have you ever been in an all-email contact center? Uh, You know, compared with a call center, it's like moving from a nursery school classroom to an empty chapel. You know, it's just silence. You hear the click, click, click. It's, It's a little bit eerie, actually, the first time you experience it. And I realize most of the people on the phone probably have a sort of blended uh, centers in which you're doing inbound, outbound, and email. But uh, if you ever go into an all-email contact center, it's really quite an experience. In fact, Sean, I, I like to call it the, the silent movies of the, the contact center world. And, and think about it. Uh, your screening process is very different also for your agents. Uh, you, you really don't need to have a good voice or even any voice or telephone presence to be a pure email agent. Uh, you don't need to worry about some of the things that we talk so much about, which is, uh, you know, smile when you hear the dial, because uh, people can hear your smile when you're talking. Uh, really, in an email center, if you want, you could frown while you pound. <laughs> so it's, it's a very different kind of communication, a very different kind of experience. And that's one thing that I'd just like to point out here right off the, uh, the bat. Uh, There there are tons of issues that we deal with when advising centers on email, Uh, but in today's uh, half-hour session, we're going to concentrate on putting some parameters around best practices metrics. And if uh, the participants would like an episode of Call Talk devoted to other management or operational issues of email, please let us know. We're very responsive to that, and we will schedule something in the future. Well, my guest today is John Chatterley. And uh, John is a seasoned veteran of the call center industry as both a practitioner and a researcher. Uh, John has set up and he's run call centers for MicroAge, uh, and he's also the co-author of the book Offshore Outsourcing Opportunities with uh, our colleague, Dr. John Anton. And he has been co-author and copy editor of really dozens of books, research papers, case studies, and, and articles over the last decade of his career, and I've had the pleasure of, of uh, collaborating with him on some of those. Uh, he's been also a keen observer and advisor regarding the evolution of e-commerce, including the explosion of email traffic that uh, has happened during the period of time that he's been involved in our industry. So, John, uh, thank you very much for being with us today. Uh, thank you for, for inviting me, Bruce. I'm very happy to be with you. And I just wanted to comment that you were so right about the differences with voice call center operations along with the frown when you pound. You can't make haste to cut while you paste or, or make haste while you cut and paste. 
true. That's true. I mean, there, there, it is a different experience, and yeah, you can't make too much hay while you're cutting space, or you you do the wrong things. Um, and, and John, I'm sure a lot of people on the phone participated or uh, were participating in this. Uh, also participated in the one-minute survey we sent out last week. Uh, so can we give them a sneak peek on the report that they'll be receiving shortly? Uh, certainly. Uh, some of the some of the uh, survey response data that we received confirmed what we had already uh, uh, believed about e- email practices, but uh, uh, other responses kind of expanded our horizon. Let me give you a couple of examples. Uh, first of all, we learned that the um, that the average response time for an email uh, is uh, really uh, um, highly dependent on the uh, type of email that that you uh, that you receive. Uh, for example, in in uh, technical support call centers or, or email centers, um, response times can tend to be longer than if if someone's uh, emailing for a, simply a a answer to a question, uh, and of course, one of the things that we noted right off the bat is that there's a, a different level of expectation on the part of the customer when they use email for contact with company, uh, as contrasted with with calling. Their their expectations for response time are less, and uh, we received some some interesting. Um, Metrics with respect to how how uh, what the average response time is for for uh, different industries. Um, I can highlight a few of those. Uh, the average response time for the customer consumer products industry is about uh, 27 uh, hours and 14 minutes. Um, the te- technology is uh, or hardware. Um, and technical support industry uh, dropped to about 19 hours. Uh, financial services stretched way out to over 36 hours, and manuf- the manufacturing industry, um, uh, interestingly enough, is uh, is the lowest of those that I've just mentioned. So, uh, Bruce, there's certainly some differences between the. Uh, the metrics that we see in the call center world and those that we see in the um, uh, contact center uh, email world. Wow, you know, John, uh, you can see why I like to call email centers the, uh, the quote, leisure world of response time. <laughs> really, can you imagine an ASA of four hours being best practices? I mean, it's, it's uh, sort of uh, unusual. Well, um, you know, Let me just interject, Bruce. There's, uh, I, I found this kind of humorous, uh, but interesting at the same time. Of all of the different industries that we measured in this survey, the government uh, uh, industry uh, had the highest re- uh, average response time, over 45 hours. Okay. Well, you know, when uh, budgets are tight, and uh, those are the kinds of situations, maybe that's uh, not a terrible thing, but uh, certainly uh, one of the things that in, at Benchmark Portal we've always been big boosters of is uh, improving the services of uh, government sector call centers. Um, although there's a lot of emphasis on the private sector, we think the public sector is uh, is extremely important 
and uh, hopefully they can get better uh, with better techniques and with better processes. So, uh, but that's a very interesting statistic. Thank you for bringing that to the fore, John. Um, well, let's see. Uh, any other sort of high-level um, comments that you have from it before we, we get into some of the questions? Uh, yes. Uh, let me uh, let me uh, talk about a couple of things that I did with the survey data. One of the things I did was to do a cross-tab between the response time and the uh, uh, top box color satisfaction or uh, email uh, customer satisfaction score. And uh, yeah, no, uh, that's, that's, yeah, okay, tell us. Uh, well, the average response time uh, for the survey was was uh, um, was uh, uh, about uh, seventy. Uh, well, seventy-six point four six percent of the respondents indicated uh, that a response time of between four hours uh, was uh, their uh, was the uh, was their practice, and uh, or was their average, and the uh, the customer satisfaction score for that that grouping was. Uh, over 75%. Uh, going beyond four hours, it dropped significantly to 53.89% top box satisfaction. And uh, after eight hours, dropped down to 45%. Uh, 24 hours, uh, 43%. It continued to decline. So there was a, a linear uh, relationship that seemed to uh, surface between the uh, response time and the top box uh, uh, customer satisfaction scores. Wow, that is uh, that is really good data. So uh, the best practices of four hours, where you have the the highest performers, if you will, really does correspond to a higher. Um, I was going to say caller satisfaction, but let's just say customer satisfaction for now. And then it, it goes down steadily after that. Well, that, that's, that's a good lesson and something that I think the people on the, uh, the show probably uh, should take heed of, going from over 75% and then in the four- to eight-hour category. And here I'm looking at the results that you tabulated, John, uh, down to, to about 54% and then trailing down from there. Um, well, the, the bar, I think, is raising and uh, not unusual. Uh, people are getting more demanding. The medium itself obviously is not as immediate as telephone, but that doesn't mean that people don't like to have their um, uh, their, their responses as quickly as possible. Uh, and we invite all of you to join the conversation too. Any comments that you have on this uh, this data, would love to hear. And those of you who did participate in the survey itself will be receiving uh, the the high level report shortly. Um, okay, very interesting. Uh, well, else you wanted to, uh, yeah, I was just going to I was just going to chime in, Bruce. One other uh, cross tab that uh, I did uh, was to compare the top box scores uh, with the uh, percent of uh, once and done emails. And what we found, what I found here is that there's also a fairly high correlation between uh, the uh, the uh, top box score, the color satisfaction score, and the uh, 
uh, and whether or not their their contact was resolved in the initial contact. Uh, for example, uh, um, a top box score of 90 or more uh, resulted uh, when the once and done per percentage was uh, over 90 percent, uh, and it, it kind of tracked all the way down. Uh, it was over 80 percent uh, for once and done. Uh, a, a once and done rate of 80 percent. The uh, color satisfaction score ranged between 80 and 89 percent. Mm -hmm. uh, so there again, um, so some very interesting statistics that relate to uh, color satisfaction with respect to response time and to resolution of the the email on the initial contact. Oh, yeah, and I'm looking at the uh, that particular box right now, and it goes down to uh, less than 50, corresponding to a 37.33. Uh, so, wow, that's, uh, that's a pretty dramatic linear thing as well. So, uh, obviously, what that tells us is that uh, some metrics that are important for best practices are the um, response time and the response time that uh, corresponds to best practices and to high customer satisfaction would be uh, four hours or less. Then, of course, uh, each of us has to figure out what the, uh, uh, the cost is of doing that um, in terms of our own context, but uh, that would be best practices. And uh, making sure that the quality of those responses are such that they really do resolve the issue instead of invite more uh, emails uh, if you have a, uh, the higher that is, the better uh, it will be. And if you can get a um, response rate, a one and done, if I can put it that way, of over 80%, you're going to uh, be high up on the quality level as well. Um, very good, uh, good, good, solid uh, data. Very good. Anything else there, John? Well, uh, what I can do is is highlight what the averages were for some of the. Uh, some of the key metrics. Uh, I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad you commented as you did because I think that that based on the survey, uh, we've we've learned that the top metrics for any any contact center uh, offering email as a contact channel is uh, response time and uh, and uh, resolution uh, in in the first contact, and those both will correlate to uh, uh, the level of customer satisfaction scores that they get uh, on their on their uh, on their contacts uh, on their email operation but uh, other metrics that we uh, that we measured uh, key key performance metrics me metrics that we measure uh, and that are pretty standard for email uh, contact centers is emails per agent per hour. The average for the survey was 7.2. Uh, emails per shift, uh, 40 point, you know, well, just over 40. Uh, overall processing time in minutes, which doesn't relate, to, which both does and doesn't relate to response time because the email may not arrive at the agent's desk the moment that it arrives, but once it is at the agent's desk, the average uh, response time in minutes is about four and three quarters minutes. Mm. The uh, number of emails uh, closed on first contact, the overall industry average was 78%. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, the occupancy rate, that is the amount of time that the agent is is in their seat during the shift uh, fielding uh, emails is about 82.5%. Mm-hmm. And then the final metric that I think is interesting is the uh, the cost per email. Uh, the survey indicated uh, $2.62% was the average for those uh, that participated in the survey, $2.62 per email. The upper quartile, the upper 25% of those that participated, uh, the average cost per email was a dollar and three cents. So I, th- I think those are some metrics that uh, that are audience that your audience will find very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Uh, thank you very much for those inputs. One thing that kind of surprised me, John was uh, that there's an awful lot of folks who don't have a formal process to capture customer satisfaction for email interactions. Uh, in fact, it's supposed to have, and it's kind of surprising that they don't since the very medium that they're using for communication, which is emails, um, can be used for customer satisfaction surveys, and it's so inexpensive to do. Uh, so anyway, one of the things that we might encourage with regard to best practices, because it is the best practice to, to have the pulse on uh, a customer satisfaction, is to, to think about that, uh, see about uh, getting um, you know, a, an email survey as part of your overall process. That's something that we advise people on all the time. Okay, Sean, uh, we've got some questions coming in. Why don't we uh, hand it over to you for a second? Okay, the first question comes uh, as an email question from uh, Chrissy. Um, Chrissy asks, how do you maintain high quality when trying to enforce a specific SLA? Are quotas a good or bad way to measure email productivity as it seems counterproductive if the quality drops but the number of emails completed closes? Mm-hmm. Okay, great one. John, do you want to take a first shot at that? Uh, well, that's that's... That's a, a very uh, that's a very good question. It's not an e- an easy to answer question. Uh, obviously, what you want to do is to to certainly uh, make sure your your agents are properly trained in uh, in the outset, so that they are that they're familiar with the 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 uh, operation of uh, keyboard that they. Have good grammar skills and and that they understand how to to respond in a way that will make the customer happy. Uh, I realize uh, that in many uh, contact centers, the agent is under pressure to try to turn out as many emails as they as they can, but there has to be caution used that they don't uh, do that at the expense of the quality of the, of the response. Some centers uh, are using uh, a, a different uh, uh, or uh, auxiliary uh, tools that help the agent in completing their responses. Uh, we, in fact, surveyed uh, which methods uh, uh, the uh, contact or email centers used in, in, in servicing their email messages. Uh, free-form responses uh, constituted over 93% of the responses, but following closely behind that was, uh, was templates and auto-suggest, uh, which are 
are tools that uh, that call, uh, contact centers can use uh, that help the agent select the right uh, uh, response uh, and present it to them so that they can edit it and customize it to to meet the uh, the customer's um, specific uh, uh, question or to to address it uh, on a more personalized basis. Um, I I, I want to comment, Bruce, that uh, I recently surveyed the industry to find out how the industry uh, reacts to auto response systems because there are some automated response email systems out there that tend to take the agent out of the loop, and there's uh, there's generally uh, great dissatisfaction on the part of the customers with uh, email uh, responses that are received from an auto response system. Oftentimes, the uh, the auto response system uh, picks the wrong keyword, and uh, they get a reply that doesn't even uh, closely relate to the question that they asked. So. Uh, totally automated response systems are are not favored by the the customers in in the survey that I recently uh, uh, observed. So I don't know if that really answered the question uh, that she had or not, but uh, certainly there has to be a a care uh, given to making certain that the quality of the response does not suffer uh, when you're trying to to uh, achieve a high email response rate. Right. If, if I could just uh, interject here, the, the old balanced scorecard, I think, that uh, we've always been preaching between quality and quantity uh, really comes into play here as well. And, uh, Chrissy, if I could just add the, the following, um, one best practice would be the following, the, 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 this kind of a procedure. In other words, have a clear quality uh, measure, and that quality measure ideally includes both monitoring measures, so the monitoring by your in-house experts who are looking for proper uh, responses to things, that they're accurate, uh, that they're well done, et cetera, and a customer satisfaction score, okay, which comes back, and uh, which indicates what the customer thought about the customer experience. And if you can uh, take uh, some sort of an average of the two uh, the two measures, the monitoring score and the customer SAT score. And if they pass this on a pay period basis, okay, this is how you could set it up, uh, on a pay period basis, and they hit a threshold of productivity, okay, then they're actually incentivized to do greater quantity on top of that, and they actually get more pay if they do that. This is something you might think about, Chrissy in the sense that uh, it, that way you put into their hands the ability to actually make a bit more money. Uh, but what you're really doing is upping the productivity of the call center. You go through a uh, mathematical computation that indicates uh, how much the center is actually saving through the increased productivity. You uh, find a way of splitting that between the company and the call center and you basically empower the agent to make more money, uh, but you insist that they do a good job in terms of their quality metrics. And uh, if you add on to that one other key piece, and it goes back to one of the first things that John mentioned on his answer, which is the training and coaching, okay, and you actually make it uh, one of the objectives of the supervisors of these people 
to see that their um, agents are able to make the grade in terms of quality uh, and are able to also make the grade in terms of incentive pay, you've set up an incredibly virtuous circle, a best practices virtuous circle that is going to optimize the amount of uh, quantity while making sure that the quality metrics are met. Uh, to do that, you need to have obviously the right systems, including uh, the monitoring methodologies and processes, as well as the customer SAT information. But when you think about it, uh, you can have that all pay for itself if you need to set it up by a system that splits the difference in terms of productivity between the company and, and the, the uh, agent. So that might be something you want to consider, and, and uh, if you want to talk more about that, we'd be happy to do it. Okay, Sean. Uh, the next question, we, we have two people that ask uh, similar questions, so I'm going to ask them together. Uh, Amy asks, uh, how many questions should be on a satisfaction survey? And uh, Philip's question is uh, similar about surveys. What percentage of email users should a customer satisfaction survey be sent to? Uh, each survey, 50% of requests, et cetera? Okay. John, do you want to take that one? Oh, well, Bruce, uh, I can, I can take, give my opinion about it, and then uh, perhaps you can add to it. First of all, uh, as to the number of questions, um, we generally think of uh, no more than five to seven questions. First of all, uh, you know, how, overall, how satisfied were they with the contact? Did they get their question answered? Uh, would they recommend uh, this to uh, a friend? Those types of questions are are the the basic questions that are uh, often asked in, and should be asked in customer uh, satisfaction surveys. Uh, as to the percentage of uh, contacts, uh, that you know, opinions vary on that too. It uh, depends on uh, uh, certainly on the number of contacts that a that a call center is handling. But from a statistic point of view, over a month's time. Uh, if you were to uh, to field uh, say three three hundred and seventy five to four hundred uh, customers uh, satisfaction uh, surveys, uh, you are uh, hitting a ninety five percent level of uh, of confidence that those responses represent uh, your customer base as a whole, Bruce. Uh, what would you? What could you add to that? I agree with you, 100%. In other words, five to seven would be the max in terms of number, because you start getting significant fall off after that. And um, with regard to the uh, survey amount, if we we take one that we are allowed to speak about, and that's uh, eBay, they basically would send out to everyone uh, who had not been surveyed in the last 90 days, because you don't want to uh, uh, have uh, survey fatigue set in on somebody, but basically to everyone, the reason being that it's so inexpensive to survey with email uh, that you can get, um, you know, a very good, good uh, group of people that way. And uh, then it depends, too, on what your response rate is to your email survey. In some cases, we've seen as high as 30%. In other cases, it will be something less than that. But um, my feeling is the more you can afford, the better and the price is very low, so I would encourage you to do as many as possible 
keeping in mind what John was talking about just now in terms of the uh, statistically valid sample of uh, you know 380 to, to 400 um, per uh, survey period. Okay, good. Thank you. Uh, good, good question. Let's see, Sean. Okay, we have uh, one more question from uh, Melody. Um, the question is, are there any special tools out there that will assist in measuring first contact resolution? Uh, I'll jump in quickly and say I am not aware of any, any um, commercial tools that are available. Uh, first contact resolution is, is particularly uh, difficult to, to determine uh, unless that uh, um, that uh, determination is made immediately after the uh, the, re the response, that is to say, the, yeah, if I can turn that around, the best way to get a first contact resolution rate that's fairly close and accurate is to ask at the end of an email response uh, whether the response uh, completely answered the question. Uh, that the uh, customer had sent in, and and uh, it, you're, you're, you have the highest likelihood of getting a a yes, maybe, or no response uh, to that question. That could then be used uh, could be compiled to help you determine your your uh, uh, first co uh, contact resolution rate. Uh, beyond that, uh, uh, surveys are generally the way that uh, that companies uh, use to determine whether customers uh, were satisfied with the response on the initial call or whether they had to repeat. Um, eBay, uh, which uh, Bruce had mentioned earlier, uses a technique where they track the email um, addresses uh, of uh, their emails to determine whether uh, an, uh, an individual customer has uh, come back with a question within a certain period of time. And if, if they have, they check to see if it's related to the original uh, uh, issue or, or not, and they, they use that method to help determine what their first uh, contact resolution rate is. Okay, great. Uh, Sean, do we have time for one more question? Yeah, we have time for one more. Uh, this question comes from David. Compared with telephone, are people more or less likely to use email if they have a complaint? <laughs> okay, if they want to get complain, right, get something off their chest. Great question, David. Um, well, I can say that, that I'm looking right now at the uh, results of what is the primary type of email contact at your center, and you know, looking down the list here, complaint resolution for email centers is 2.6%, okay? And I can tell you that for the uh, telephone sector, it's closer to 6%, so about 5.5-6%. So that tells me that uh, people are more likely, if they have a complaint, to want to talk to somebody and get it off their chest. Uh, there's something more satisfying, I think, in terms of, uh, of doing that. So your, your email center is less likely to get the complaint uh, your telephone folks are more likely to get it, which is, of course, one of the challenges of uh, the whole telephone sector in terms of having to put up with those irate customers. So hopefully that will answer uh, answers that question. 
Okay, Sean, uh, back to you. Uh, I think we're, we're pretty much at the end of our half hour. It's been uh, very interesting. The questions have been really good. Uh, really appreciate your participating, everybody. And uh, we, we also want you to know that we're going to be launching an e-commerce benchmarking survey in the coming months. So please stay tuned for that. There's, in other words, uh, we're going to make uh, more permanent and uh, rolling a survey and database on these questions that have to do with emails, chat, etc. And uh, that's in the works. It's going to take a little while to get out there, but uh, it'll be there pretty soon. So please let us know if you have any questions or comments on that. Well, listen, thanks very much to John Chatterley and to our listeners. And uh, over to Sean. In, in uh, two weeks, we'll have our next call talk. And uh, over to him. I wanted to thank John Chatterley as well for his great insight in today's show. Um, <clears throat> uh, thanks uh, for all the questions from participants. Uh, it was, was a really great show. Uh, our winner today of the in-depth reality check uh, is uh, Ramon. Ramon, please send an email to calltalk at benchmarkworld.com so we can get you your in-depth reality check. Um, the topic that was voted on by the audience for uh, the next call talk is dashboards, what are best practices. Uh, due to the Thanksgiving holiday, uh, we're going to do call, the next call talk on December uh, 2nd. Uh, Wednesday, December 2nd, you all get a reminder about this topic. Um, and uh, thanks again for uh, spending time with us on Call Talk. Have a great day, and uh, have a happy Thanksgiving as well. Bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.